you guys. My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Thanks for stopping by and giving us a listen here on this little show. Um, yeah, so a couple days ago, two days ago, uh, the Timberwolves finally traded Jimmy Butler away, and uh, I was busy yesterday, so I didn't get to record an episode on it, but I definitely wanted to talk about it, so... Here we are. I'm a little late, but uh, I think the hype is still pretty pretty high up there, so I don't think I'm too late to talk about this. But yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the trade. Um, you know, who got the better end? Can Jimmy Butler work in Philadelphia? Um, you know, just some basic stuff like that. Give me my thoughts, and then we'll be on our way. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> for those unaware of the trade... Um, the Timberwolves got Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second round pick. And the 76ers got Jimmy Butler and second year center Justin Patton, who is currently injured. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they, if the Sixers ended up waving him actually, but, um, yeah, so that's the full trade for those of you entirely unaware um, who don't really know much about the NBA or what's going on this year. Basically, Jimmy Butler um, is a great player. He's an all-star. He's very talented, and he was pretty much getting, uh, you know, at the end of last year and over the summer, he was very vocal about how he didn't want to be in the Timberwolves anymore and he wanted to be traded. He just wasn't happy there. Um, This was... Last year was his first year playing with them because he was actually traded in the draft two summers ago from the Bulls. Um, But yeah, so he played one year in the Wolves. Uh, They finally made the playoffs after having the longest playoff drought um, of any active team at that point. Uh, They lost in the first round to the Rockets. And then over the summer, Jimmy Butler basically, like I said, was very vocal about how he wanted to be traded off of the Timberwolves because he was unhappy there. Um, he <clears throat> essentially was unhappy with his teammates and the fact that he just felt like they weren't really trying a lot and they were pretty passive and kind of lazy, um, weren't great defenders and try super hard on defense. Um, and you know, he was just, he didn't want, he didn't want any of that. And the Timberwolves were kind of stonewalling him a little bit. Um, they were hearing offers, but nothing came about it over the summer. And then once training camp started and the preseason started, Jimmy Butler was kind of holding out for a little bit. And then he finally showed up one day to practice and he and all of the second string or third string players, it was like Jimmy Butler. And then all these people you've never heard of basically played the rest of the starters in a practice and Jimmy's team just like dominated them. Um, he just like took over and that was a big talking point, um, of the preseason. And a lot of people thought he was just going to sit out until he got traded, but he, he didn't, um, you know, so in my opinion, kudos to him because he didn't pull a Le'Veon Bell and just totally sit out. Although this isn't <clears throat> over contract issues. So I guess that's different, but he, uh, yeah, he, he didn't sit out. He played, I mean, he pretty much at this point has, he's played most of the games. Let me see how many games. He's played 10 games. Um, 
So he's, you know, he's set out a couple. I mean, there have been different reasonings for them, but it's a sen- I, I essentially think he's just, he was trying to, you know, send a message without just being a total douchebag and just not playing at all. Um, but yeah, so it looked like pretty much the Timberwolves weren't going to trade him until either the deadline or just until the end of this year because his contract is up at the end of this season. So either just try to trade him, you know, like right at the deadline or just like not even try to trade him, which I think would have been a mistake because they wouldn't have gotten anything in return. But um, after having a road trip and going 0-5 in that road trip and, um, you know, Jimmy Butler just kind of getting on their nerves, the Timberwolves finally traded him to the 76ers, um, which to me was a bit of a surprise. If anything, I thought he would either go to the Heat or the Rockets, but... Um, I guess four first round picks weren't enough for the Timberwolves. So yeah, <clears throat> sorry, I keep clearing my throat, but, um, yeah, so let's just talk about a bit, a little bit about like the actual trade itself. Um, let's see, I'll just go through their stats real quick. So Dario Saric, so Dario and Robert Covington, are the two players that the Wolves got. I mean, they got Jared Bayless, but he's like 35 years old and does nothing, so we won't worry about him. Um, so Dario, this year is averaging 11 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2 assists, um, 36% from the field, 30 from 3, 90% free throw percentage, and an effective field goal percentage of 44%. And just as a quick aside, for those of you who don't know what effective field goal percentage is, it basically adjusts for the fact that a three-point field goal is worth, you know, one more point than a two-point field goal. So it basically weighs, so like his total field goal percentage is 36.4, but he's shooting 30% from three. But those those shots are worth one more point, you know, than a two-point field goal. So it kind of weighs that percentage a little heavier so that's why his effective field goal percentage is 44.3 um and he has a player efficiency rating or per of 8.3 and for those who don't know per again it's player efficiency rating basically measures their efficiency but it's uh per minute production that is standardized in the nba and so this the average is 15 of PER and he's at 8.3. So not having a great season. I mean, his career average is 14. So he's, um, not like he's a bad player. I think he's a good player. Um, but yeah, so 11 points, six and a half rebounds, two assists. And, you know, he's, he's a, he's a good player. Um, traditionally. So yeah, so that's his stats, Robert Covington, who is the other player that the Timberwolves got this year. 11 points, five rebounds, one assist, 43% field goal percentage, 39% from three. So a 56% effective field goal percentage, which is really good. And an 11.1 PER. Um, so they're both, they're both good shooters. They're both like two, they were pretty much two of their three good three point shooters. The 76 are still JJ Redick. Um, but they definitely traded away some shooters. Not to say that Jimmy Butler isn't a shooter. Speaking of which, this year he's averaging 21.3 points, five rebounds, four assists, 
47% field goal percentage, 38% from three-point, um, 53% effective field goal percentage, and 23 PER. So obviously you can see that he's the superstar of these guys, and he's the best player of you know the, the three of them. So a lot of people, I think, <clears throat> will either say... I think most people are saying that the 76ers just outright won this trade, um, which initially you would think just based, you know, looking on paper, you know, the 76ers gave up two decent players and in return got a superstar. Um, but I think both teams won, honestly. Um, I mean, first of all, with this trade, Philadelphia is now – only the second team other than the Warriors to have uh, three top 20 NBA players. So, you know, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, you know, definitely ups their ceiling a lot, their glass ceiling that they're trying to break through. Um, but so I think both teams win, honestly, in this trade because Philadelphia gets their superstar who they've been trying to get for years and years and years now. Um, you know, we had a couple years of tanking from them, which got them the picks to get Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Markel Fultz. Um, and that's how the whole trust the process thing was born. Um, for those unaware, that's just like a hashtag and a motto that the 76ers and their fans have had for a while, pretty much since they drafted Joel Embiid. It was to trust the process and the fact that, you know, there is a process in sports and in the NBA where, you go through a couple of years or more than that sometimes of really bad teams and bad seasons, but that leads to good draft picks, which leads to good young talent who hopefully then pan out. Um, and I talk about them all the time in this podcast, but you know, you think about the Cubs who for years and years were so bad, one of the worst teams every year, but then they were able to really, um, you know, beef up their farming system and then they were able to get a lot of good young players, and they won the World Series. Uh, went to the World Series two years in a row. And now they're a pretty consistent playoff team. Um, but that said, you know, the Sixers are another big example of that, of, you know, they were always the worst team. They had the worst losing streak in NBA, in NBA history, the worst start to a season in the NBA history, um, the worst record for a regular season in NBA history. They were so, so bad. Um, but they, you know, got a lot of good draft picks and those all panned out. Well, mostly, I mean, Joel Embiid has turned out. Ben Simmons has turned out. I mean, Markel Fultz is still questionable, but two out of three ain't bad. Um, but all that to say that that was all supposed to lead to them having a good playoff team, which they were, and they are now because they made it to the Eastern Conference semifinals last year, um, lost to the Celtics, but they made the playoffs and have had one of the biggest turn turnarounds in NBA history of a team. And they also now finally got that superstar that they've been looking for because they haven't had a superstar on their team I guess technically since Andre Iguodala was on their team, but that was, you know, early 2010s and he wasn't a superstar. He was an all-star. He was, you know, he's a good player, but he's not a superstar. But so before that it was Allen Iverson and that was in the 2000s. 
Um, so, you know, 2000 to 2007 or eight, I would say is when he was really good. Um, so it's been 10 years since they've had a superstar on their team. So they finally got one again. Um, so that's how Philadelphia wins. But then the wolves, I think, you know, kind of are an equal winner in this trade because they can get rid of this headache that they've had all season with Jimmy Butler. So they can finally focus now on who their team is. And like, you know, this is pretty much going to be their team for the rest of the year. And they can just focus on playing, bettering themselves and, and improving themselves and winning with this team, as opposed to, are we going to you know, trade this guy? Who are we going to get back? What's the team going to look like? This guy is, you know, getting in the heads of our, our team and whatnot. Um, so they can focus on this team now because this is their team. This is their core. Um, and they got good return. You know, it's not like they traded Jimmy Butler away and just got like two all right picks and, you know, a crappy player. Like they got two good players. Dario Saric and Robert Cummings are good players. Like I said, they're good shooters. They were not uh, non-essential. They were essential to the 76ers team is what I'm trying to say. Um, the 76ers have struggled with spacing the floor out um, and spreading it out, but those two guys were the biggest helps in that other than J.J. Redick, but Jimmy Butler does help. I think he's an equal return in spreading it, if not a little bit more. Um, so I think Philadelphia gets a big key player and a big you know, component to what they were lacking on their team in Jimmy Butler. And I think the Wolves, you know, like I said, they didn't get nothing in return. They got two quality players who are going to contribute right away and be good additions to that team. And, you know, the Wolves don't have to worry about chemistry issues, really, because Dario and Covington aren't star players. So they're not expecting to, you know, have the ball all the time and have to mesh with these guys. They're role players, so they're just going to come right in and keep doing what they're doing in, in Philadelphia. Whereas the 76ers have a lot to worry about <clears throat> with chemistry because Joel Embiid is a big personality. Um, you know, he he doesn't demand the ball. He's a great offensive and defensive player, but he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He's not a ball hog or anything. Um, and then Ben Simmons, though, is he's a player who thrives on having the ball in his hands. You know, he's not a great off-the-ball player. He hasn't had to really play that way um, at LSU or in the NBA. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Jimmy and uh, Embiid are going to get along just fine. I think they're going to mesh well on the team, but I think it's the real issue is going to be seeing how Jimmy and Ben Simmons uh, meld on the, on the team, on the on the court, because they are per, they are similar enough where there's going to be issues where they're running into each other um not literally but you know they're both going to be wanting to do the same thing and obviously only one player can do it but that being said i think you know i think there's a 50 50 shot that it works just like any other time this has happened because a lot of people question how this is going to work when chris paul joined the rockets and i think we've seen that it, i mean they're not having a great start to their season this year but we saw last year, they made it work just fine. Um, and in their situation, they're able to rest Chris Paul more. So he's fresh and they can kind of overlap them when they need to, but they can also stagger their playtime. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be quite the same with the 76ers. Um, but, you know, I think Jimmy will get a little more rest that he needs because he, the other day, he played like 41 minutes in a game when it was totally unnecessary. But it was. If that makes sense. Because, he, you know, they have 10 other players on the team that they can go through to sub in. But he's the best player, so they needed him on the floor to try to win. That being said, um, I do think what Jimmy Butler brings to the table is <clears throat> key for the 76ers because right now they are the 76ers are 29th out of 30 um, in offensive rating in the fourth quarter. So they are one of they are the second to worst team in offensive rating in the fourth quarter, which means their offense just does not do anything in the fourth quarter. And they were 30th last year, um, so you know taking that with a grain of salt because they were last in offensive rating in the fourth quarter last year, but they still were a playoff team. So they were able to make it work. Um, but you know, how much better could they be if that number jumped up? And that being said, Jimmy Butler is going to be a massive help for them with that. Um, just because like I was saying, he really can space the floor. Um, the 76ers will finally be able to run, a more effective pick and roll, I think, because they barely run any pick and rolls in, you know, just in their playbook. So just because they don't have the personnel to do it, um, you know, Fultz is having his issues and he's been in and out of the starting lineup and whatnot. Doesn't really mesh on the, on the court very well with Ben Simmons. So they haven't really been able to run the pick and roll with him, but with Jimmy Butler, they're now, they can either they'll probably I think have the ball in his hands and have either Simmons or Embiid run the pick and roll for him and because then Jimmy can either roll or he can pass or he can shoot or he can attack uh all things that Markel Fultz can't really do at this point in his career so that's going to be big for them um and you know like I was just saying just to expand on a little bit more Jimmy Butler is a similar player to Ben Simmons in the fact that he plays best when the ball is in his hands. He's not a great off-the-ball player. But that being said, actually, I shouldn't say that. He is a good off-the-ball player. He's better when the ball is in his hands because coming up in, in the league, in the NBA, he had so much to prove. You know, like no one had heard of him his first probably two or three years in the NBA because he was cutting his teeth as an off-the-ball player, you know, playing with people like Derrick Rose and Luol Deng and stuff like that, people who were kind of overshadowing him and running the offense through them. And so he had to be an off-the-ball player, and that's how he made his name. And then he finally got the ball in his hands, and then it was just like, wow, he's really good. Um, So that being said, you know, he can make it work as an off-the-ball player, but I don't think he – I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not an NBA coach, so I don't have the mindset for this, but Brett Brown, the 76ers head coach is going to have, um, some challenges, you know, trying to see who does better between Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler with the ball, not in their hands and who takes it better basically because, you know, Ben Simmons right now is kind of used to the offense running through him. And now Jimmy Butler's coming in and he's kind of used to the offense running through him. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I think I am an optimist 
with stuff like this. So I think they'll be able to make it work. It will not work right away. Um, but I think by the new year, I think by 2019 in January, I think they'll be, uh, I think their chemistry will, chemistry will be good. I think they'll be functioning well. And I think by then though, we'll be able to see if this whole thing is going to work out with Jimmy Butler on the 76ers. Um, and that kind of leads to people, you know, the other issue of people worried if Jimmy Butler is going to resign with the 76ers because, um, his contract is up at the end of this year. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent so he can sign with anyone he wants. And a lot of people think that he's going to leave Philadelphia to go somewhere else. But when requesting a trade or demanding a trade, whatever you want to say, Jimmy Butler didn't really give destinations that he wanted like a bunch of other people do. You know, when Kyrie demanded his trade from the Cavs. He said, you know, I want to be traded to the Spurs or the Knicks or the Nets or the Celtics. Um, Same with Kawhi Leonard. When he was demanding his trade, he was like, I want to be traded to the Lakers or the Clippers or, um, you know, I don't know where else he actually requested, but I know those were, I know the Clippers were on the list. Anyways, People demand, when they demand trades, they often have teams that they are like, I want to be traded to this team. It doesn't always work out, um, and not everyone does that, i.e. Jimmy Butler. He didn't really, he's just just like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, And so being on the Sixers, they are a playoff team. They are now a finals contention team. Um, I think they were always a, um, you know, a threat for making the conference finals in the East, but now I think they're a threat to make the finals because, at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of people kind of just said, kind of handed it to the Celtics, and they're like, yep, they got healthy Kyrie Irving, healthy Gordon Hayward. They're going to make the finals. But then the Rap- Raptors started playing really well, and Kawhi said, you know, maybe I will resign in Toronto. I kind of like playing here. He looks really good. And now the 76ers get Jimmy Butler. So, and the Meanwhile, the Bucks are also one of the best teams in the NBA, and Antetokounmpo is having an MVP season. So it's you know there's just a lot going on in the East now, um, and it's exciting because the East was so bad for so long, but now it's finally looking good. Um, and you know that's another player now that's getting traded from the West to the East um, in terms of conference. So the Eastern conference looking better now, which is, it's just good. I, you like to see that. Um, you like to see, you know, even talent, uh, within the conferences, but, um, going back to what I was saying, a lot of people are saying Butler might not resign, but what I was, (laughs) my whole point on that tangent was the fact that he didn't request, like, he wasn't like, I want to be traded to either the Rockets or the trailblazers, let's say. And then he gets traded to the 76ers. So it's not like he's going to be like, well, I'm not going to resign in this season. I'm going to try to get signed by one of those two teams that I wanted to in the offseason. Like he had no preference and destination. Now he's on a team that's really good. And he could be the thing that puts them over to be, you know, really, really good. Um, and, you know, I think they have a good chance of re-signing him. Uh, Waj said that the 76ers believe they have a good chance of re-signing him. Um, I mean, even when you just look at like Paul George, for instance, this is kind of a similar trade where the Pacers traded Paul George to the Thunder. He had he, he was in the last year of his contract. 
the Thunder gave up what a lot of people thought was a little too much, um, especially for they were assuming a one-year rental because everyone was saying Paul George is just going to sign with the Lakers in the offseason. Um, but he went to the Thunder. They had an all right season. They didn't even have like a great season. They were all right. Couldn't really get the chemistry going. But he re-signed and signed a four-year deal with the Thunder. Didn't go to the Lakers, even though he had the full free choice to do so. Um, and so if that can happen, I think it's very likely, well, not likely, very possible that Jimmy then will re-sign with the 76ers because it's a good place to play. I think especially if they make the Eastern Conference Finals, if they win or lose, I think if they make that, though, I think he'll be back because it's just like Paul George in, the, in Oklahoma City. It's like we got unfinished business here. Um, so I think they have a very good chance of re-signing him. And I think, I honestly, my prediction right here, you heard it here first, Jimmy Butler re-signs with the 76ers this summer because now that he's on the 76ers and was traded there and he's in the end of his contract, um, the 76ers can offer him the most money as well. So other teams will be able to him, offer him a max contract of four years, $140 million, but the 76ers can offer him five years, $190 million. Um, those are estimates, so it's not the exact. But So they can offer him a fatter contract as well as a really good team to play on because when you think about it, like the Celtics won't be able to sign him in the offseason. Um, the Raptors potentially can, depending on what Kawhi does. Um, the Bucks might be able to. I don't know what their cap space looks like in this offseason. But then outside of that, there's not many teams in the Eastern Conference you want to go to. Um, you know, like he could go to the Knicks if he wanted to, but do you want to? Um, and outside of that, then it's going back west, which, you know, do you really want to have to try to play the Warriors to get to the finals, or do you want to try to cut your teeth more in the East and make it through either the Celtics or, and I'm not saying that like it's easy to get to the finals in the East because it's not anymore, but I think it's still easier than in the West. Um, but yeah, so I think that Jimmy Butler is going to resign with the 76ers this off season. I think they have the highest probability of, of getting him, um, next for next year and signing a big contract with them, uh, especially cause he's going to be 30 next year. So it's not like he's, you know, he's on the tail end of his prime heading into his not prime years anymore. Um, so, you know, it's not like he can, um, stonewall people and just be like, you know, anyone's going to be offering me a contract. Like, you know, you're, I'm not saying you're on your way out, but you're not on your way up much anymore you're kind of at the top starting to look down um but yeah so overall those are my thoughts um you know i think it, it was an exciting trade i think it was smart of the the timberwolves because like i said they got good return they got you know the 2022 second round pick out of it um dario and robert are good returns you know they'll fill the holes in a little bit. Um, the Philadelphia obviously gets great return with Jimmy Butler. I think he resigns, so I don't think you have to worry about that. 
I think their biggest issues are going to be chemistry and how Jimmy melds together with Ben Simmons because I think Joel, honestly, is not going to be a problem. I know a lot of people are curious as to how the locker room is going to change just because Jimmy's kind of a locker room leader and can really come down hard on some people, uh, which is not what the 76ers have really been used to or have been experiencing the past few years. So that'll definitely be interesting too. A lot of people think uh, Markel Fultz might get traded soon from the 76ers just because he's not really fitting in with that team very well. So we'll see how that plays out too. But um, again, I would say these next few weeks, the next 10 to 15 games are not going to look super pretty just because it takes time. You know, oftentimes it takes like a year. You know, if you look at like the Miami Heat, for instance, when they finally got their big three, they made it to the finals, but they lost and kind of embarrassingly too um, to the to the Mavs and they needed time and they built up good chemistry and then they went two in, two in a row and they went to four finals in a row. Um, so, you know, I think by January we'll see more of what this team will look like kind of together playing together. Cause they will have, you know, 10, 15 games under their belt and um, they'll have been gotten used to each other. I think by that point, I mean, definitely by the trade deadline we'll see because that'll be when the 76ers will have gotten rid of Fultz by then if they're going to, um, which I think is the only other big move the 76ers will make this year. Um, but yeah, Jimmy's a good big addition to that team he's a he's going to jolt their offense in the fourth quarter which is going to help them a lot and I think it'll definitely help them win more games but it'll help them close out games quicker and easier than some of these hard-fought games that you know for instance the other day they blew like a 21 point lead against the Hornets they ended up winning the team the game but like Joel Embiid was the only offense they had in the fourth quarter and it's just because he kept getting to the foul line um they ended up still winning but like I think someone like Jimmy Butler will help them kind of close that game out earlier and quicker so they can, you know, rest some of their other guys. But uh yeah, so those are my thoughts. That's what I think about this whole Jimmy Butler trade thing. Let me know what you guys think. Uh who do you think won the trade? Do you think Jimmy Butler's gonna re-sign with the 76ers this offseason? Um, do you think he's gonna get along well on the court and off the court with all those young guys on the 76ers. Um, let me know your thoughts. You can send them in an email to sports talk with swag at gmail.com. Make sure you're following on socials. Instagram is sports talk with swag and Twitter is STWS cast. Uh, hit me up on both on both of those. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and um, you can also listen to it on Spotify, on the website, which is uh, sportstalkwithswag.simplecast.fm. Um, or you can listen to it on Stitcher um, or Google Podcasts, pretty much any app or place that you would listen to podcasts. You can find this this here podcast that you're currently listening to. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you for stopping by and giving a listen and hearing what I have to say. And, uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. It's sports talk with swear.